0: today on Grace to the Hearers with Pastor Eric Cluth.
1: You want the keys to a good day? Here you go. Seek the Lord. Now am I saying your day's going to be all oh, beautiful, oh, no problems? No. I'm not saying that. But God will protect your heart because you're meditating in His Word. It's guarding your heart. Guarding your heart from all the wickedness around us. If you remain in Jesus, guys, there's nothing that can separate you from that. See, we need to abide in Christ. Remain faithful to Him.
0: As we continue to study chapter 1 of Judges, Pastor Eric will ask us, What things has God asked us to get rid of? This is such a hard question. We're like babies that don't want to give up their blanket. (laughs) We protest that we cannot let it go, but we forget that Christ died on the cross and rose again to make it possible for us to do so. Let's join Pastor Eric in the book of Judges, chapter 1, verse 21, for today's study.
1: But the children of Benjamin did not drive out the Jebusites who inhabited Jerusalem. So the Jebusites dwell with the children of Benjamin in Jerusalem to this day. So here in these first 21 verses, Israel started out great. They started out wonderful. We know that Joshua is dead. Well, how do we know? Because it says in verse 1, now after the death of Joshua, Joshua is no longer. And so the children of Israel ask a, a pretty good question. Who's going first to take the rest of this land? But who are they asking, you guys? They were asking the Lord. They were seeking the Lord, seeking for his direction. And the Lord says, Judah will go first. But as the Lord had uh, told them from times before, I will deliver the enemy into your hand. That's pretty awesome to know that God is on your side. And what an awesome thing for the children of Israel. Here their, their leader Joshua is dead. For many years, instead of going on what they wanted to do, they instantly they went and sought the Lord. What an example for you and I to do in our lives. When all else fails, go to the Lord. Go to the Lord before all things fail. Seek the Lord for His direction. And even though we are hearing things over and over, things that we know are true, like seek the Lord in everything you do and He will direct your paths, right? We hear that all the time. Don't turn off your hearing. Don't turn your hearing off because we need to be reminded of these things. Because why do we need to be reminded of these things? Because it is so easy to go back to the flesh. Every day we battle with the flesh. So, hearing the words, seek the Lord in everything you do and he will direct your path. Don't turn off your ears tonight, don't turn off your listening. Because here, as we see, if we seek the Lord just as the children of Israel did, He will give us direction. And I don't know about you guys, but I need direction in my life. I need to know what to do. And the only one that is truth and who gives me the guidance of true things is God. I need to seek Him in everything that I do. See, when we seek the Lord, He will give us direction. And with his direction comes what? His will. Jesus said this in Matthew six thirty three. He said, but seek first the kingdom of God and his righteousness, and all these things shall be added to you. Every morning you wake up, you have a new day in front of you. And you can either do what your flesh wants to do, or you can seek the Lord and do what he wants you to do. If you want to do God's will in your life, then I tell you, seek ye first the kingdom of God. You want to do God's will? Hello? (laughs) Then seek ye first the kingdom of God. Spending time seeking the Lord. Seeking the Lord and seeking out what he wants. It's a get-to. You don't have to, but it's a get-to. You get to seek the Lord. That's pretty awesome. Praise God because Jesus dying on the cross, he tore the veil in two so that we could have that communication with the Lord. Praise Jesus. So Judah goes and fights against the Canaanites. And then we see in verse 4 that they killed 10,000 men. That's a lot of men. And then they capture the king of Bezek, And then they cut off his thumbs and big toes. That's brutal. But smart. Can't run well without big toes. And you can't hold the sword all that well without thumbs pretty brilliant. So after this, though, we see Judah taking the city of Jerusalem. Even though, you guys, it says that they captured and took the city of Jerusalem, they did not occupy it, okay? The occupation of Jerusalem didn't come until King David came in and took Jerusalem. After Jerusalem came Hebron, then Debir. Uh, Once again, we hear the story of Caleb, right? The story of him saying to his family, whoever can take the city of Debir, I will give my daughter to them as a wife. We learned that back in Joshua. And his nephew, Othiniel, had the courage to go do it. Must have ran in the family, right? Because remember, Caleb was one of the spies who spied out the land, originally for Moses. So Othiniel goes and he gets the land, and he gets Caleb's daughter for his wife. Judah was following the Lord's commandment. And the Lord was with them. But verse 19 tells us something, though, that's very interesting. It says, So the Lord was with Judah, and they drove out the mountaineers, but they could not drive out the inhabitants of the lowland. Why? Because they had chariots of iron. I don't get this. Because God is so much greater than any chariots of iron. But Judah was conquering the people of the land. Again, they took the 10,000 people. So why did they stop in the South Land? Because of fear. They were fearful. And you know what? We too have great wins with the Lord, don't we? Great wins when the Lord does amazing things in our lives. It's the Lord, man. He did this. Can you believe God moved in such a way? He's so powerful. But then the next thing that comes our way, we're fearful. Why? (laughs) I don't get that. Because I do it too. Why do we get so fearful? But it seems it never fails when we stop trusting in the Lord. That's when fear comes in. Why do we do this? Because I believe it goes back to seeking the Lord. If we, for any moment, take our eyes off of Jesus and off the Lord, what creeps back in? The The flesh. The fleshly ways. And when flesh comes in, understand this, church... When flesh comes back in, fear comes back in. Worry, anxiety. Look at Peter, right? He was walking on water. He was His eyes were focused on Jesus. But when he was focused on his surroundings, what happened? He started to sink, right? The same thing happens to us when we start fearing and taking our eyes off of the Lord. But understand this, though, that God did not give you a spirit of fear. As Paul wrote to Timothy, he said this, For God has not given us a spirit of fear but of power and love of, and of a sound mind. Fear is not of the Lord. It's not of the Lord, because he did not give you a spirit of fear. Every day we must remember this, because if we don't remember this, we can easily fall back into our flesh that can start worrying about the worries of this life. May we not fall back into those fears, Because if we start fearing, then we're going to be like the children of Israel and we're going to be left with our enemies around us. Because they were afraid. They were afraid. Guys, we need to trust in the plans that God has for us. And remember that he loves you and he cares for you and he cherishes you and he has great thoughts towards you each day. Remember that when you wake up. When this life is too hard to swallow, when it's just like, oh, I don't want to get out of bed. Have you ever been there? Yes. I don't want to get out of bed because I don't want to face this world. Know that God has high thoughts of you and he cares for you. In fact, in Jeremiah 29, 11, for I know the thoughts I think toward you, says the Lord, thoughts of peace and not of evil, to give you a future and a hope. That's a reason to get out of bed. To live your life because the God of this universe is this, he cares for you so much so that he has thoughts of peace and a hope for you, not of evil. Wow. God's not out to get me. I can get up out of bed today and serve and seek his will. Seeking the, the Lord daily, trust in his ways and not your ways. God continued to say in Jeremiah verses 12 through 13, he says, Then you will call upon me and go and pray to me, and I will listen to you. Wow, God will listen to you? Yes, he will. And you will seek me and find me, and when you search for me with all your hearts. How will you find God? By searching for him with all of your heart. And guess what? If you do so, what is God promising you? You will find me. You will find me. Those are comforting words. So we see that Israel started out great, but then there was a hint of disobedience in verse 19. Continuing on, verse 22, And the house of Joseph also went up against Bethel, and the Lord was with them. So the house of Joseph sent men to spy out Bethel. The name of the city was formerly Luz. And when the spies saw a man coming out of the city, they said to him, Please show us the entrance to the city, and we will show you mercy. So he showed them the entrance to the city, and they struck the city with the edge of the sword, but they let the man and all his family go. And when the man went to the land of the Hittites, built a city and called its name Luz, which is its name to this day. Here we see the tribe of Joseph going and driving out the, the, uh, the people of the land in Bethel. And they were pretty sly about it, man. They, they saw a guy coming out. They said, hey, show us where the entrance is and we'll spare your life. I think I'd listen too. The entrance is right here. And they spared his life. Now comes the start of disobedience for the rest of the children of Israel. Verse 27 through 36, it says, However, however, uh, however, Manasseh did not drive out the inhabitants of beth Sheen and its villages, or Tanek and its villages, or in the inhabitants of Dor and its villages, or the inhabitants of Eblom and its villages, or the inhabitants of Midigo and in its villages. For the Canaanites were determined... To dwell in the land. And it came to pass when Israel was strong. Did they drive them out? Let's keep reading. That they put the Canaanites under tribute, but did not completely drive them out. Verse 29. Nor did Ephraim drive out the Canaanites who dwelt in Gezer. So the Canaanites dwelt in Gezer among them. Nor did Zebulun drive out the inhabitants of Kitron or the inhabitants of Nahal. So the Canaanites dwelt among them. And were put under tribute. Nor did Asher drive out the inhabitants of Acho, or the inhabitants of Sidon, or Elab, Aksib, and Aba, Afik, or Rehob. So the Asherites dwelt among the Canaanites, the inhabitants of the, the land. For they did not drive them out. Verse 33. Nor did Naphtali drive out the inhabitants of Beth Shemesh or the inhabitants of Beth Anath, uh, but they dwelt among the Canaanites, the inhabitants of the land. Nevertheless, the inhabitants of Beth Shemesh and Beth Anath were put under tribute to them. Verse 34. And the Amorites forced the children of Dan into the mountains. And they would not allow them to come to dwell to, or come down to the valley. Verse 35, and the Amorites were determined to dwell in, the mount, in mount Ares and in Agilon in the Sheblim. Yet when the strength of the house of Joseph became greater, they were put under, what, tributes. Now the boundary of the Amorites were, were from the accent of Akram, from Selah, and upward. What in the world? I think and I know that God was perfectly clear in his directions to the children of Israel going into the promised land. He didn't say, go and put the people into tribute, which means what? Make them forced laborers. God did not say that, did he? In fact, I'll tell you what God said. He said this in Numbers chapter 33, verse 52, then you shall drive out all the inhabitants of the land before you, destroy all their engraved stones, destroy all their molded images, and demolish all their high places. Then you should go and put them in tribute. No, it doesn't say that. He said get rid of them. Get rid of them out of the land. But here the children of Israel, after being obedient to Joshua for so many years, become disobedient. Joshua was not here so I can do my own thing. No, that's not right. Israel was disobedient to the Lord. And next week, Lord willing, as we get into chapter 2, we will see the Lord himself confront the children of Israel. This is a big deal. This is a big deal. Your disobedience is a big deal, and the Lord will confront that issue. See, obedience in the Lord, you guys, is an ongoing thing. It doesn't stop when you say, Jesus, you're the Lord of my life. Okay, let me do whatever I want. It doesn't work that way. Obedience to Him. By saying that He is your Lord and Master, you are surrendering your life and your fleshly desires, and you're saying, I'm yours. And whatever you want, Lord, I'm going to do it. This is hardcore commitment. This is a hardcore commitment. Because your flesh wants to do so many things. The other night, uh, Tuesday night, I was talking to a young kid out at the college. And I said, you know what it means to repent? He goes, no, what does that mean? It means to stop trusting in the things that you want to do to earn salvation and start putting in your trust and faith in what Jesus Christ has done for you. You must deny yourself. Wow, that's hard. You're right, it's hard. What about going to parties and doing stuff? Jesus said, don't do it. If it's a sin, if it's displeasing to him, deny yourself. Guys, this is hard, but this is what we do when we are following the Lord. We must be obedient to him, no matter what it is. Who are we to argue with God? You wake up, you seek the Lord. You start your morning out great. You're obeying him. Yes, I read my Bible this morning. I'm good to go. I sought the Lord. That's what pastor said. Seek the Lord. That's how I did it. I'm done. I can do whatever I want. The afternoon is free time. No. Yeah, great job. You read your Bible in the morning. Good job. But guess what? You still have the afternoon, and you still have the evening before you. Seeking the Lord is just not a morning thing. It's an all-day thing. If you guys would, turn in your Bibles to Psalm chapter 1. Psalm chapter 1 says this. Blessed is the man who walks not in the counsel of the ungodly. Nor stands in the path of sinners, nor sits in the seat of the scornful. But his delight is in the law of the Lord, and in his law he meditates day and night. He shall be like a tree planted by the rivers of water, that bring forth its fruit in its season, whose leaf also shall not wither, and whatever he does shall prosper. Verse 4 The ungodly are not so but are like the chaff which the wind drives away. Therefore the ungodly shall not stand in, in the judgment, nor sinners in the congregation of the righteous. For the Lord knows the way of the righteous, but the way of the ungodly shall perish. Now why read Psalm 1? Because it says that blessed is the man who, number one, doesn't walk in the counsel of the ungodly. What does that mean? Walking in the counsel of the ungodly. Those who don't have a relationship with the Lord, okay? Then it says, nor stands in the path of sinners. So if you're standing in the direction of a sinner, that's not one who is blessed by the Lord. Nor sits in the seat of the scornful, the pride. But blessed is the man because his delight is where, you guys? In the law of the Lord. And it says that in his law, he meditates day and night. It just doesn't say in the morning. It doesn't say just at night time. It says meditate in his word day and night. And if we're in his word and we're meditating over it, chewing over his word all throughout the day, guess what God says that will happen to you? You're blessed. You're blessed. Blessed is the man who does this. What will he be like? Well, verse 3, He'll be like a tree planted by the rivers of water that bring forth its fruit in season. You're going to produce fruit, fruit of the Lord, things that are good. And then I love this, whose leaf also shall not wither. Have you ever felt like you're withering away? Well, seek the Lord. Blessed is the man who seeks the Lord, right? One who stays in the law of the Lord, meditating day and night. Because guess what then? You're not going to wither, and then whatever you do shall prosper. Amazing. Amazing. God, you're saying if I don't walk in the, way, uh, the ways of the ungodly, if I don't stand in the path of sinners, if I don't sit in the seat of scornful people, and, and I meditate in your word day and night, I'm going to prosper? Yes. That's what the word says. So that's what I believe. See, the ungodly are not so. The ungodly are ones like chaff. When the wind comes, they're blown away. But if you remain in God and his word day and night, you will not be blown away. Praise God. That is amazing to me. You'll prosper. Wow. God said the same thing to Joshua. He says this in Joshua 1:8. He says, "This book of the law shall not depart from your mouth, but you shall meditate in it, in it day and night, that you may observe to do according to all that is written in it. For then you will make your way what prosperous, and then what you will have good success. Wow! You want the keys to a good day? Here you go. Seek the Lord." Now, am I saying your day's going to be all, oh, it's beautiful, oh, no problems? No, I'm not saying that. But God will protect your heart because you're meditating in his word. It's guarding your heart, guarding your heart from all the wickedness around us. If you remain in Jesus, guys, there's nothing that can separate you from that. See, we need to abide in Christ, remain faithful to him. Because if we don't remain obedient, then comes the falling away, which leads to what? Separation. Well, there's good news. Jesus is there for you to forgive your disobedience. The question is, is though, and let me go back. We all have been disobedient. Okay? I've been disobedient. You've been disobedient. If you say you haven't been disobedient, you're disobedient. <laughs> The question is, though, is instead of keep falling away, are you willing to come to him because he's willing to forgive that disobedience? If you are, he will cleanse you of all your unrighteousness, including disobedience. As abiding in Christ, remaining faithful to him every single moment of your life, what should we do? Seek ye first the kingdom of God. Paul said it to the church in Rome. He said it like this. For I am persuaded that neither death nor life nor angels nor principalities nor powers nor things present nor things to come nor height nor depth nor any other created thing shall be able to separate us from the love of God which is in Christ Jesus our Lord. So yes, those times when we fall into disobedience, we need to come back to him. Because if you remain in Jesus, there is nothing that can separate you from God's love. The great news is, you guys is that the forgiveness of sins comes through Jesus Christ. So in those times of disobedience that we all fall into, be quick to come and repent back to the Lord. Seek his ways. Lord, I messed up. I was disobedient, but I need you. Just like that song, Lord, I need you. Does your heart cry out like that? Lord, I need you. Lord, I need you. I was disobedient. I didn't drive out the people of the land. I'm sorry. And Jesus will forgive you. And then you start getting up and walking again. Walk again. Our Lord is good, isn't he? And he's worthy of our praise.
0: There's much more Pastor Eric would like to share with you, but we've run out of time for today. This has been another edition of Grace to the Hearers, the radio ministry of Pastor Eric Cluth of Calvary Chapel Coolidge in Coolidge, Arizona. Pastor Eric will continue teaching verse by verse through the book of Judges next time. You can order today's message for free by emailing us at info at gracetothehearers.com. Sometimes it is just easier to call. Our phone number is 520-723-7047. We'll be happy to help you. Again, that number to call is 520-723-7047. You can learn more about Grace to the Hearers, Calvary Chapel Coolidge, and Pastor Eric at our website, gracetothehearers.com. All of Pastor Eric's messages through the Bible are available to listen to or download for free at gracetothehearers.com. Though God doesn't need our money, He most certainly uses our stewardship and faithfulness to accomplish His will. Would you consider giving towards the ongoing expenses of bringing you Grace to the Hearers on this station? If so, a secure option to give a gift of any amount is available by clicking the Donate button at hearers.com. That's hearers.com. Again, to make a secure donation, log on to hearers.com. From all of the production team here at Grace to the Hearers, we want to say thank you for tuning in and please make plans to join us again for the next edition of Grace to the Hearers.